Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guests. Over the last decade, Dr. Akil Teher has overcome acute and chronic medical ailments by transforming his mind, body, and spirit through the adoption of a whole food plant-based diet, practice of yoga and meditation, regular exercise, and developing a positive and purpose-driven mindset. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Dr. Akil Teher. Greetings, Green Warriors, and welcome back, Dr. Tayer. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. I'm always very happy to be on your show. The last time we had a free flow conversation, and this time we are going to do a PowerPoint presentation, and uh, questions and answers are very welcome. Questions. Yes, and anytime, Green Warriors, if you have a question, about our topic today, just put it in the chat and we will be asking it later on the broadcast. Dr. Tayer was on my broadcast in May and he shared his story of adversity and the challenges he faced as a heart disease survivor. I'm gonna put a link to that in the show notes if you wanna check that out if you didn't get a chance to see it. But today, Green Warriors, Dr. Tayer will be talking about a wide array of topics related to the gut microbiome including child's developing immune system, brain function, allergies, asthma, probiotics, so much more. Now, I wanted to, before we start, I wanted to say that we did have a book giveaway for Esther Loveridge book from Donuts to Potatoes. And later on the broadcast, we're going to spin that wheel to see who's going to win this awesome book. And Green Warriors, stay tuned because we're going to have another book giveaway because Dr. Tayer's book, Open Heart, The Transformational Journey of a Doctor Who After Bypass Surgery at 61, Ran Marathons and Climbed Mountains. And I'm going to be posting the link to that book giveaway later on in the broadcast so that you can have a chance to win this. And I love how the, the title has all that and there's just probably so many other things that he has done because of his transformational journey, but that says a lot in the title. So Dr. Tayer, are you ready to begin your presentation? Yes, ma'am. All right. Yes, All set. Very good. Give me the go signal. Should I go ahead? Yes, please do. Okay. We are going to talk about gut microbiome. Basically, microbiome is a diverse collection of bacteria, viruses, and fungi. Very little understood, very little is understood about this subject, but it is extremely important for the outcome of our health, the microbiome. Way back, way back in 460 BC, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, said all disease starts in the gut. Health is determined by the microbiota in the gut. Now, you are so many times our older people have told us, you are what you eat. So the next slide is kind of a short story. 
one day the body parts are fighting with each other as to who is the most important. The brain said, I am the most important as I control everything in the body. The heart, I am important as the beating, my heart beating keeps the body going. The liver, oh no, the metabolism, the excretion and detoxification is my job. But the gut said, I am the most important. I digest, absorb, protect, excrete, produce hormones, reabsorb, etc. Everyone laughed. Ha, ha, ha. And the gut got angry and shut down. Within a few days, all the other body systems agreed it was the most important. So we now go on to the human microbiome project. Says that the human body has 100 trillion, not billion, mind you, trillion microscopic life forms living in it. We have microbes all over our skin and mucous membrane, external eyes, eyelids, in the ear, in the lungs, outer portion of our urethra, external genitalia. But the largest concentration of microbiome is in the gut, your colon, your large intestine. We are so co-evolved with microbes for centuries that they not only communicate with us, but they also communicate amongst themselves with each other. But folks, let me tell you, but we have only recently begin, began to understand the importance of these microbes. Say in the last 15 to 20 years, this is emerging science and we have only scratched the surface, the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to learn about these little creatures that can improve the total outcome of our health. So we go and say, how did we study microbes in the past? Let me tell you something. As a physician, as a doctor, way back in the 70s and even 80s and 90s, what we believed that all microbes are bad, causing infections, pneumonia, spreading a cold by touching something, cavities in your mouth by bacteria, acne caused by skin bacteria. We really thought microbes were causing all this stuff. And we cultured wounds, sputum, looked under microscopes, and treated with antibiotics. But now we can do sequencing of microbiomes as we do with human genomes. So that sequencing is extremely important. It is only in the last 20 years or so we have discovered a brand new phenomenon, the microbiota in the colon that we did not know existed. Folks, you have to be with me on this because the colon is where the microbiota is there and these microbes do wonders or harmful microbes can be a disaster to your health. So let's go over here. Human, we are humans as microbiomes. We are really more bug than man. 90% of your human cells are microbes. Only 10% are actual human cells. So we are really more bug than man. 
10 to 100 trillion microbes are in the human intestine. And they have 3 million genes. While the microbes in the human genome is only 23,000. It weighs about 4 pounds. The microbiota in your gut, in your colon, weighs 4 pounds. Almost as much as your brain. And equally important as your brain. And there are 300 to 1,000 species of bacteria and they control almost all body functions. So my first question would be asked, would you care to ask the first question or yes. uh, Amy? Yes, I have a true or false question that we're going to do. So we're going to get started with our game. It's time for true or false on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below. And Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay. Green warriors, true or false, when we eat food, we're not only feeding ourselves, but also our gut bacteria. Type in your guess for the answer. And Dr. Tayer, go ahead and tell us the answer. The answer is true, because what I just told you, 90% of your human cells are microbes. Only 10% are your actual human cells. Therefore, when we eat, our food. We are not only feeding ourselves, but we are also feeding the bacteria. And therefore, when we do intermittent fasting, we are not only giving rest to our human cells, which require to rebuild ourselves and bring down the blood pressure, but we need to give that rest to the micro microbes also. So we go on. Can I continue with the next one now? Please do. Okay, so we are here now. What we have is we have, remember this, we have got good bacteria and we've got a bad bacteria. Now, don't remember these names. It's not important. But the good bacteria, the good microbiota or microbiome processes our food and digests our food, regulates the levels of other bacteria. It also modulates immune responses. It makes vitamins. It makes nutrients and protects our body against carcinogens, things that can cause cancer. So it protects us from there. So if you look at the first thing, again, bifidobacterium, bifidobacterium, it helps in the digestion and supports the immune system. Now, most of the female uh, audience will know about E. coli because E. coli basically is good. It actually helps in making vitamin K2, which helps in blood clotting. But certain strains can cause a UTI, urinary tract infection, that the doctors will tell you, oh, you got an infection, UTI, it is E. coli. Then you have the lactobacillus, which is in your... Uh, Say, for example, your uh, non-dairy yogurt. So this is a probiotic, and that is helpful. Then we come across the bad ones. These are the good ones, some of the good ones. There are a lot many more, but I'm just giving you a few examples. The Campylobacter, which is passed with contaminated food, and it gives you bloody diarrhea, 
uh, and gives you cramps in your belly. So this is your Campylobacter. Then you have your Clostridium difficile, which we will talk about a little bit later on in the talk, because this is an infection that is persistent and recurrent. It is caused by abuse or too much of antibiotics usage. But we are on the threshold because we have a way to deal with this very resistant bacteria by the stool transplant, the fecal transplant of transplant. And that is going to be uh, the cure. And that is the cure, which we'll talk about it later on. So we have, now we go over and look at, oh no. Oh no, 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 here. So your gut microbiomes, how are they located in your gut? Think about it. You got your mouth, you got your esophagus, you got your uh, stomach, you got your small intestine, and then you got your large intestine, right? Now, in the mouth, stomach, and small intestine, these are the places where you have a lot of oxygen and you have a lot of acidity. And there is, so these two factors does not allow the bacteria to proliferate in the mouth, stomach, and small intestine because of your oxygen and acidity. Now move down to the colon, the large intestine. What happens? The oxygen-rich environment turns to absolutely no oxygen in the colon. Here is where most gut bacteria reside. In the colon, they're sometimes free-floating, sometimes they're in the mucus, and sometimes they come very close to the lining of the colon whereby it's only a small lining between the blood and the colon. So one important thing over here, mouth, stomach, small intestine, very few bacteria. Colon is where your gut microbiome is, and this should be healthy. So we go on to next slide. So we have a healthy bacteria, and an unhealthy bacteria. There should be a fine balance of gut bacteria. Remember, gut bacteria inhibits the pathogens, other bacteria, bad bacteria, produces vitamin K and folate. It does not produce vitamin B12 because it uses vitamin B12 for its survival. And it produces those short-chain fatty acids that are converted to energy in your cell so if there is a harmful bacteria around, these short chain fatty acids will not be converted into energy and will be deposited as fat. And that is one of the reasons, one of the reasons that causes obesity. It modulates your immune function. It regulates your body fat storage that I just explained, helps in tissue repair and stimulates the gut motility. So what happens? Gut motility is a key factor that governs digestion, absorption of nutrients, and is regulated by various factors, but one of the most important being the gut microbiome. Unhealthy bacteria, there you go. Inflammation, cortisone level rises, sepsis, liver damage, carcinogens production, 
things that cause cancer, diarrhea and constipation. Now, with the next slide, I would, I would like you to come along with me on a sort of a trip to go through the whole level of understanding what can influence the composition and function of the human gut microbiome. First, look at it. In the womb, in the hospital, in the womb, humans as babies start out how? In a very sterile environment, in the womb. Well, once they get into the birth canal, Billions and billions of mothers' bacteria cover every single part of the body and starts our immune process. Therefore, if you look at C-sections, there is sometimes a higher rate of asthma and immune disease, and in some cases, even leukemia. So you go next in the circle. Next is your breast milk as sugars that are meant to feed and support several group of microbiomes in the child. It helps to modulate and boost the immune system and it takes up to two years till a healthy microbe community has formed. Then we go into adulthood and what becomes important, diets. Diets rich in fiber, vegetable, plant-based, fermented foods creates a healthier microsomal profile compared to diets which are full of meats and eggs and sugar and processed foods. Come down. Exercise. It does improve the good to the bad bacteria ratio. And then you have the disease states. You see, once you have, I, I'll talk to you about it, the, the leakage syndrome of how this bacteria and toxic substances get into the blood. But then you get all these problems. Your problems are, uh, you know, uh, you can get uh, all sorts of problems, whether it is fatigue syndrome or uh, connective tissue disorders and arthritis and uh, heart disease. So this is a disease state, which is basically because of the overpopulation of the bad bacteria. Now, hold on for one second. This is the old age. As you get older, the microbiome diversity in older people declines. The gut-brain axis and cognitive skills of older people decline. That's where you get the Alzheimer's. Nutrition absorption declines as you get older. So these are the people that should really concentrate on these two. A good, healthy, whole food, plant-based diet with exercise so they do not have this problem that they have. Medications, think about it. We talked about antibiotics, overuse of antibiotics, steroids. Like you go around, have a bronchitis, and what does a uh, doctor do most in the urgent cares? Or they give you a steroid shot sometimes. 
And so we are using overusing steroids. We're using over and using anti-inflammatories. Legal and illegal drugs are being overused. This has a profound, profound effect on your gut flora. So we come across finally to the geography. It's a different geographical locations expose individuals to various microorganisms in the soil, water, and air. This can contribute to a certain extent to differences in the composition of the skin, respiratory, and the gut bacteria. And this makes you understand the overall concept of, uh, I'm just looking at a next question if we have one. Uh, Are we gonna talk about the probiotics? A probiotics is going to come a little late. Uh, this is the one I wanted to do. Question number five. Oh. Okay, about the breast milk? Yes. Okay. So true or false, Green Warriors, breast milk has sugars that are meant to feed and support several groups of microbes, helping to boost the immune system in the child. Okay, true or false? Okay, go ahead, Dr. Taylor. It is true. And as I said, it takes two years till a healthy microbiome community is formed. So it is extremely important, extremely important for breastfeeding so that you start building a healthy microbiome. And so you get less allergies, less asthma later on in life. Okay, we go next to, okay, gut microbiome in modern lifestyle. See, we have always known that microbiota during the human ev evolution affected the composition of these microbes. Uh, but a more radical change has occurred in recent decades. One of the most significant findings is that in developed countries like ours, there has been a loss of certain species that colonize our bowel, some decades ago, with the resultant loss of biodiversity, different types of microbes of our microbiota. Now, factors, what are the factors that have influenced this change? You'll be surprised. Water sanitation. Yes, it helps not getting dysentery and diarrhea and other infections, but our microbes biota and diversity is lost. Increased performance of C-sections, as we talked about, more frequent use of antibiotics in children, especially in preterm uh, children, decreased breastfeeding, increase, now this is something you try to understand and be with me, increased hygiene or widespread use of antibacterial soaps and sanitizers what we call the hypercleanliness. This we did for two years with the COVID period. It definitely helped, don't get me wrong. It saved countless lives. And so we had to do it. There was no two way about it, but we lost something. So what does research suggest? <clears throat> that children growing up on farms or in rural environments where they're exposed to a diverse 
array of microorganisms may have a reduced risk of developing allergies and asthma. This is what we call the hygiene hypothesis, which proposes that early exposure to microbes, which are found in farms, can help modulate the immune system. And that is very important. I, I read a book, uh, Let Them Eat Dirt, Saving Your Child from an Over-Sanitized World. So that is important, you know. We don't have to be hyper clean about everything because when we are not building the right kind of microbes. And then we go around. The next slide is again a rather important slide. Why? Because I told you that the brain and the gut microbiome are almost the same weight, four pounds. In the beginning, it was always understood that the brain talked to the gut and the gut talked to the brain. So there's a bi-directional communication. But recent research has found that gut microbiome is also involved in this axis. Any miscommunication between these three can cause a range of health problems from irritable bowel, to depression, to anxiety, uh, obesity, autism. Now, the ability of the brain to influence the microbiome. Example, think about it. You got stress, anxiety. And when you are stressed and anxious, your brain sends signals that can disrupt the normal contractions of your digestive system. What does this do? This can lead to stomach aches, bloating, and diarrhea. This can cause proliferation of harmful gut bacteria. But the gut microbiome also influences the brain. How? By producing neurotransmitters, which are serotonins, which influence the mood and emotions. So if the gut bacteria are harmful, not healthy, they can impact your mood, leading to depression and anxiety. This is the ability of the microbiota to influence the brain. Here is the ability, what I talked about, of the brain to influence, influence intestinal microbiomes. Got it? Okay. Let me see if there is a question around here that is, ah, at number six, please. All right. Let's see. Was this about the farms? No, there is no connection between... Oh, yes. Okay. True or false, Green Warriors? There's no connection between the brain and the gut microbiome. Type in your answer. Okay, Dr. Tayer, tell us about that. That is false. I just talked to you about it. There is a connection. Your brain talks to the gut bacteria and the gut bacteria talks back to your brain. And we talked about it, how it influences the brain, the emotions, and all that. So it is a three-way traffic. It comes from the brain to the gut, to the microbiome, and then it goes back again. So it is extremely important that you understand that the gut-brain axis exists. In fact, you will not believe it. Healthy rats fed microbes from guts of depressed people showed anxiety behavior and symptoms 
that look like depression in the rats. So we go to dysbiosis and disease. See, there's a word called symbiosis, is the word called healthy. The word is dysbiosis is what? Is an imbalance or disruption of the normal composition of gut bacteria. Now, if you look around here, you have some external influences, like your diet, using prebiotics, probiotics, great. Antibi antibiotic user, no. Lifestyle changes, illness, your unhealthy lifestyle or healthy lifestyle, living environment. Then you go across to the things which are age. We talked about age, how the biodiversity of microbes uh, are not so much. Then you go to genetics and stress. These are all internal host properties that can lead to this activity of the gut microbiome, gut bacteria into health or dysbiosis. The imbalance could be due to the gain or loss of microbes, decreased diversity of microbes, or overgrowth of harmful microbes or bacteria. This can eventually lead to chronic inflammation and tissue destruction, especially in that lining that we talked about. I'll talk to you about it. In the gut causing leaky gut syndrome. Wherever I've talked about this, they've always said, what is the gut leaky gut syndrome? And so today I want to explain to you what it really is. Let me go and do the next slide. See, everyone's guts have an intestinal barrier. Now, forget for a moment about the colon. We are talking about the small intestine. So everyone's intestinal, they have a barrier and it is semi-permeable. Means uh, is the mucus lining of your intestine will allow designed to absorb water and nutrients from the food that we eat. And so it goes into the blood over here in the uh, bloodstream over here. But some people have increased intestinal permeability here. Why? That means the guts, sorry, the guts, the gut lets more water and nutrients through, and more than water and nutrients, it allows it allows you know your undigested food particles, your toxins, and your bacteria now to go into the bloodstream. Not only your nutrients and, and fluids, but this is where because we have this leaky gut syndrome. Now, why do you get this leaky gut syndrome? The causes are the same again. Low fiber diet. You are supposed to have 60 or 70 grams of fiber. An average American has 15 grams of fiber a day. A, what other causes? A diet rich in saturated fats, processed foods, excessive alcohol, vitamin D, 
infections like H. pylori, this breaks down the barrier. And this breaks down the barrier and allows all this toxin and bacteria to get into the blood. And so the treatment, of course, is your prebiotics and probiotics that we will talk about. But in the meantime, let me say that right now the dysbiosis, the disruption and imbalance in the normal composition of bacteria will eventually cause allergies, atherosclerosis, pancreatitis, the little organ that is just behind your belly button, obesity, liver disease, ulcer disease, fibromyalgia, and chronic fatigue syndrome. And so, now the folks in the audience, remember, if you have five or more of these symptoms, then you must be you must think about this biosis. Not saying you have it, but you must think about it. What are these? Frequent gas or bloating, cramping, urgency, mucus and feces, brain fog, depression, chronic bad breath, irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, you got prolonged use of antibiotic use of antacids, heartburn, reflux, hiatal hernia, uh, autoimmune conditions like Hashimoto's, sinus congestion, repeated. If you have five or more of these, think about this biosis. Now, here is a slide which is very simple looking. Just a four over here but it is an extremely important slide. Let me explain. Recent evidence now suggests that microbiota play an important role in obesity. The composition of gut microbiota is shown to differ in lean people as opposed to obese human beings. And once they change the diet, the response to dietary factors is very soon, very fast. Gut microbes transferred from obese mice to regular mice dramatically increased the body fat in the regular mice and the mice became insulin resistant. Why do you have obesity? Why does gut bacteria cause obesity? There's several theories put forward. One of them is bile salts. See your bile salts, which your gallbladder uh, produces, salts that digest short-chain fatty acids to be used, as I talked about it, as energy. Once you have harmful bacteria, they start breaking up these bile salts. So you cannot use this fatty acid chains anymore to be used as energy and therefore there is more likely fat absorption and causing obesity. Next, absorption of more calories from the food. Certain bacteria will cause this so that your intake from food, your absorption is more calories. Then you have inflammation. Some of these bacteria as we talked about can cause inflammation. What does inflammation do? 
uh, chronic inflammation causes cortisone levels to go up. Cortisone level goes up. You start eating more. You start eating more. You start getting obese. Then you start getting diabetes and high blood pressure and sleep apnea. So all these are caused by a certain harmful bacteria, which we don't know. But this is what they've found now. And appetite and craving. At this, let me talk a little bit later on during our talk. It's important how the gut bacteria controls this. And therefore, storing of fats also is important. So let's go to the next one. Colorectal cancer when you have dysbiosis. You see, certain bacteria, harmful bacteria, may initiate the production of cancer-producing substance in meat and poultry cooked at very high temperatures. It will cause, you don't have to remember the name, heterocyclic amines that can cause colon cancer or gut cancers. Third is your inflammatory, inflammatory bowel disease. A group of inflammatory bowel and autoimmune conditions that affect the colon and small intestine, like your Crohn's disease, your ulcerative colitis, where you get diarrhea, vomiting, weight loss, caused again by a certain harmful bacteria. And finally, if you consume animal protein that is considered high in choline and I think carnitine, yes, can cause certain bacteria to turn this carnitine and choline into TMA, trimethylamine, don't, don't worry, remember the name, but which is absorbed in our system as TMAO, which injures the lining of the blood vessels and enhances the formation of cholesterol in our coronaries and other arteries. And this is all started off by a certain bacteria that acts on choline and carnitine found in certain meats. So this, the last one is especially important because I do have heart disease. I did have heart disease. I did have uh, stents. I did have bypass surgery. And now thinking back, maybe the reason was, part of the reason may have been that gut bacteria. Okay, so we go on to next one. How do you fix all this? How do you manipulate your gut bacteria? It's the next question, right? Because you know antibiotics kills both good and bad bacteria, correct? That is it. Wait, let me see in the meantime if I have one more, the questions which are coming up. Uh, yes, the seventh one. Okay. We'll get to it now, so. Children growing, I think, I think that is what. The. Well, I have the breast milk and because I think we... The last one, children oh, growing up on... I'm phones. sorry. Yes, you're right. Okay, we'll get it. Things go by quick in the comments here, so... Sorry for the delay. No problem. Okay. So, true or false, Green Warriors, children growing up on farms and rural environments where they are exposed to diverse microorganisms have an increased risk of allergies and asthma. Type in your guess, true or false. 
Okay, go ahead, Dr. Taylor. It is definitely false. Early exposure to microbes, we've already talked about it, can get, help to modulate the immune system so that they do not the less likelihood of getting uh, asthma and allergies. And then we talked about the hypothesis on over hygiene. So uh, that is definitely false. Uh, we go on now. So how do we fix this gut bacteria? So we do have probiotics and prebiotics and diet and fecal transplant. But let me tell you one thing. It is so important. And I want you to relate this to your family and friends too. The answer is not in probiotics in pills, tablets, or capsule forms. There was an Israeli study from the Wiseman Institute that showed that probiotics slowed the recovery of gut microbiomes after a round of antibiotics. The answer is diet, dietary probiotics and lifestyle changes, not your uh, pills and tablets. There was an extensive research done in the same institute where they were taken volunteers. Half of them were given probiotic pills and tablets and half of them were given placebo. Guess what? What they found was that the probiotics do not, did not populate the gut at all. They just got in and got out. Now, probiotics is a 50 billion global industry sold in capsules, popsicles, cereals, infant formula, and even in dog food. So I'm just wondering, all we are doing is taking this and we are having a $50 billion worth of poop. So in 2019, a study was done where a special supplement mixture of nutrients containing chickpeas, soy, uh, bananas, uh, peanuts, and there was one more, uh, anyway, soy, and that repaired the damaged microbiome of malnourished infants. So this is the way to go, not with pills and all that. So when you have, uh, let me just, one second, let me see if I have a question over here. Uh, ah, question number three, Amy. All righty. Let me get down because I was just looking at some comments that we were getting in also. Okay, okay. Questions. So, did we want to do our probiotics and yeah. pills? Yes, yes. That's I was just coming up on that one. Okay, Green Warriors, true or false? Probiotics in pills, capsule, and tablet forms are helpful in repairing the damaged gut microbiomes. True or false? Okay, type in your answer. Okay, Dr. Taylor. It's definitely false. And I just explained to you how they slowed the recovery of gut bacteria and the volunteers that were brought into the, and how it's a $50 million industry. The whole answer is your, uh, it should be non, your probiotics and prebiotics should be food. And that is what is my next slide. A lot of people will ask me, what is the difference between prebiotics and probiotics? 
A prebiotic, as you can see over here, are non-digestible foods, fi fiber, that stimulate the growth of healthy bacteria. This can be dandelion greens, they can be uh, artichokes, garlic, bananas, unripe, oatmeal, whole grains, vegetables, and all these things which are listed over here. These are your prebiotics. And we, again, I emphasize, please increase your fiber in your diet. I will tell you why at the end, giving you my personal experience. But look at the probiotic, not the pills. Your living bacteria and yeast that are good for you, especially your digestive system. These are your probiotics, non-dairy yogurts, non-dairy kefir, the pickles, the sauerkraut. Oh boy, the garlic sauerkraut, it's... Uh, Tempeh, kimchi, miso, and the kombucha drink. These are all fermented. It's all fermented. There's a fermented chopped cabbage and sauerkraut. There's a Korean, Korean fermented vegetables. There's a sourdough fermented dough. And uh, the kombucha is a tea drink, but it's fermented. And your tempeh, which is fermented soy. So what did? why did this thing come about? Because fermented was before refrigeration. It was to preserve foods in the cold. So that is why it is extremely important uh, to have probiotics in your diet for the healthy bacteria. Okay. Now, the question that I was saying that it also depends on your, what did I say was um, appetite and craving in terms of obesity, correct? I think I mentioned that. So you breed bacteria depending on what you eat. If you eat a lot of, say for example, fiber and leafy green vegetables are great. Sugars and processed starches, no. Greasy fries, butter and lard and all that, no. Your diet will select the bacteria that can metabolize that particular food. So if you eat a lot of carbs, then you can have a lot of bacteria that can metabolize carbs. And if protein, then that bacteria, we've got a lot of bacteria now that can degrade protein. But if you are under a lot of stress and start eating burgers and pizzas, this is awesome for fast food loving bacteria which multiply and take space away from veggie loving bacteria. It sends signals to the brain to continue what it is doing. More fast food, more fast food bacteria. That has an implicit role in obesity because that is how you start eating and eating when you have developed harmful bacteria that love these foods. So we have the next one, which is, we come across the fetal microbiota transplantation or FMT. What is FMT? It takes a solution of fecal matter 
from a donor and put it into a recipient's tract, intestines. And that is to directly change the gut microbia, microbiome of the recipient so that it can confer a health benefit to the recipient. Correct? So far, simple. Solution of fecal matter from a donor to a recipient. Now, what is the history of this FMT, fecal microbiota transplantation? First documented in 4th century China as yellow soup. In some countries, maternal feces is inserted into the newborn's mouth to jumpstart the colon. I know it sounds gross, but this is the facts. On June 17, 2013, FDA approved the procedure, this procedure of FMT for recurrent Clostridium difficile. And guess what? 92% to 95% success rate and zero documented serious side effects. So this is the scratch of the surface. We don't know what FMT can do or what kind of bacteria that we can separate out or I have no idea. But this is an ongoing thing. Things will change. Maybe not in my um, a life uh, span, but it will. Uh, next one is your, it's, it's very dear. This next slide is very dear to me because this is a young woman from Atlanta, Georgia, where I reside. You see, after surviving a near fatal car accident, her name is Kathleen Hunter. She found battling a devastating bacterial infection in the colon that threatened her life. So what they did was it took this technique of FMT, took the fecal matter from Hunter's mother and transplanted into the colon of uh, Kathleen. And following the procedure, she says, I've been so happy uh, she was only 20 years old at that time. I am cured. FMT is likely to achieve widespread therapeutic benefit for a variety of diseases in the future. And so comes my final thoughts. We are superorganisms. We live with our bacteria and they have adapted to live with us. Let us try and keep our bacteria healthy. They modulate most of our body functions. They fight the bad bacteria, make vitamins, nutrients, as I talked about, help in preventing chronic disease. When we eat food, we are not only feeding ourselves, but also our bacteria. We talked about it. And therefore, a Harvard study, animal-based versus plant-based diet, Participants ate animal diet as much as they wanted. Cheese, steak, butter, bacon, what have you. And stool samples showed bad bacteria, harmful bacteria growing up in five days. Then they were switched to beans, grains, and veggies, and the bacteria started to recover. Increase the biodiversity of your bacteria 
on a whole food plant-based diet. That is the name of the game. Diversity is protective. Even if you need antibiotics for an infection, if you've got a good diversity of gut bacteria, you recover very fast with a good diversity. And then, oh, another thing is, apart from the gut microbiome, let us do certain things, going barefoot in the park or in your backyard, barefoot. Shake hands and give hugs. Introduce more prebiotics and probiotics foods. See, intermittent fasting, we just said this. Just as your body needs rest, so does your microbes. And last of all, not the least, increase your friendly bacteria. So the next time you get lonely, you have a lot of friends to fall back upon. Thank you so very much for listening to this talk. Oh, well, bravo. That was just so wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Tanya. Oh, thank you for arranging this. And I will now take questions as best as I can. I'll answer. Okay, very good. Okay, so let's see. We had some questions that were coming in as you were speaking and um, we're getting some uh, applause. <laughs> From uh, thanks and Boomer and Beyond Wellness, excellent, Dr. Tayer, fantastic. Dick, Rick said thank you. So getting some applause from you. So click like and or a heart in the where wow. you can, and that will help us know that you haven't been enjoying it. Okay, so let's see our questions. Uh, Boomer and Beyond Wellness said, "What does he think of the prescribed version of probiotics?" Yeah, I I am a kind of a little away from this. Uh, we we talked about uh, prescribed version of probiotics is your pills and your capsules and your tablets, or the things that come into your cereals, the things that come into your uh, I mean your juices, uh, popsicles, all that. I don't believe. I personally don't think you should go for it because of the studies that are done in the Wiseman Institute in Israel. And I believe very strongly that if you use a proper quantity of prebiotic and probiotic foods, that is your probiotic. That'll help you with the diversity of your bacteria. Yes, so the, the answer, the short answer is, no, I do not believe in pills and that because as they you take it in, they do nothing. They just come out. Mm. Right. So even because the, they have over the counter, so even the prescription ones too. I'm glad that sh that she brought that up because some people may not have. No, even the prescription ones because yeah. as soon as people as I know gastroenterologists also prescribe. Yeah. But there has not been a scientific data to suggest that they are helpful. And I personally feel that this one study I was, and I went and researched on that study, and they did a fine research on this when the pills just came out. Yeah. And I think it also goes back to what you were talking about, what, what you feed your gut. So even if you, even if it did work and you took that prescribed amount, 
once you stopped taking it, and if it did work, then if you're not continually feeding, then it, then those things will die off anyway. You're so, so right, because right? we depend on things when we can find it in foods. So if we are, then we become dependent on it. That okay, I'll, every time I take antibiotics, I'll take this, I have to take it. But why don't you do one thing when you start on an antibiotic or something, take a non-dairy yogurt. It has got a lot of lactobacillus and other things, and it is food. It's right. not your, or, or take a little bit. I normally take a little sauerkraut uh, 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 and then put it onto any of my dish. It tastes better. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, for those, just give me one minute to tell the audience that, see, a lot of doctors and all will tell you a few things which they're right in their own capacity. They are doing the best and I've got nothing against. But remember, I've gone through this. You see, I had diverticulitis. I had reflux problems. I had irritable bowel syndrome. I had perforations in my colon. And I believe very strongly that it was my diet. And when I started doing the whole food plant-based diet, all these problems that I just talked about are on the back burner. So why would you not try it out? If people can just do this, they will feel great about it. And everybody wants to feel great. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so Boomer Beyond Wellness said, would something like an organic apple cider vinegar without preservatives be considered part of the probiotic? Yes, ma'am. I, I do an apple cider vinegar uh, every morning uh, into the concoction that I make, a teaspoonful that I put in. So it is true that, uh, yes, it is helpful and should be used as a probiotic, yes. Okay, well, that was good. That was good information. Okay. And let me just see. I know that we had another question popping up for you. Okay. Jennifer C. said, I've had gut issues for two years that got worse after two COVID infections. I now can't eat onions, garlic, tomato sauce, mushrooms, beans, celery. This makes eating a challenge. I guess she's adopted the plant-based diet, maybe. So she's asking for your advice. Okay. My advice to you, Jennifer, would be to introduce each food item that you're not that your gut is not agreeable right now, to introduce each one separately. But right now, what you can from the plant base, say vegetables you can, garlic you cannot, possibly ginger or turmeric you cannot. I don't know, but vegetables, beans, uh, jackfruit. Uh, this thing or you can't take mushrooms. So, you know, spinach, all these things try out and then introduce in small quantities, the things that your stomach cannot take. Eventually your stomach will be able to take these things. And then if someone, if some one or two items that you absolutely cannot take, avoid it. But introduce in small quantities, and give periods of time with that 
particular item and then go and add another one. This is what I have done because I had the same problem when I went to. So remember, I was a carnivore. I didn't have any uh, roughage or any fiber in my diet. For me to change was, um, I, 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 used, I used to at times wonder, I don't have any foods to eat. So, but now it has all come down. It's all settled down. It'll settle down. Don't give up hope on this. You will be able to get better by introducing small quantities. Wow, that's so encouraging. I'm glad that you uh, talked about that. Okay, let's see. Oh, Boomer Brian said, thank you. Wonderful to know. Thank you so much. So she said that. And let's see. Oh, so Janice said, where can I find low sodium miso and low sugar kombucha? I guess Janice wants to incorporate these. And some of us are on SOS-free whole food plant-based lifestyle, meaning SOS-free, no sugar, oil, or salt. So perhaps sugar and salt, sodium, might be a concern. Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, you can always uh, go on Amazon and get these things which are kombucha without sugar, or you can go to uh, Trader Joe's uh, where you can get all these uh, foods. And uh, yeah, Whole Foods, uh, Amazon, Trader Joe's, these are all the places that have the foods. You, know? you, can, you can go over to the manager and ask him, I want it without salt, do you have it? Where can I get it? And Google it. You'll get it because I do have soy too, and I and I have soy. I have low salt soy. I do salt. I'm not uh, this thing of salt. Uh, I do sugar too, but not processed sugar. Right. I do sugar only in fruits and veggies. Yes, and that's the thing. that's the distinction. Some people don't realize that there is a distinction and that those sugars because they are accompanied by fiber and they're in whole foods are an acceptable form. Correct. These are the uh, slow uh, glycemic index foods. Yes. While if you take processed sugar, it is a high glycemic, shoots up your sugar high and then comes down bottoms off very fast. While the other ones, slow uh, glycemic index foods go very slow the way the body is meant to. And therefore, you do not have a problem. And yeah. it helps again in the gut mobility too. Yes, absolutely. I just wanted to thank Boomer and Beyond Wellness. She gave a super sticker to Be Green with Amy. And thank you, Boomer and Beyond. That's so helpful to us because we were trying to get the word out about this lifestyle and that helps us to promote it. Okay. Well, it looks like I think that we've covered the questions that came in through the, through the live feed. There might be some more that, that uh, come in later on. But I really wanted to just thank you so much, Dr. Taylor. This has just been so awesome. And I'm going to be asking you about how people can get in touch with you. But I did want to go ahead and tell everybody about this book giveaway that we're going to be drawing for right now. And that is for the book from Esther Loveridge from Donuts to Potatoes. She was on the show. She comes on a few times every month or so. And so she donated that. So what we're going to do is we are going to draw for that right now. 
Excellent. Okay, so we're gonna see. Let's see. I love this. It's so much fun. Let's see who's getting it. Congratulations, and you are Esther's going to be sending this book to you. So congratulations! I'm so excited about that. And as I told you earlier, Dr. Taylor is going to be offering his book, Open Heart, and that's going to be offered at a book giveaway. And I'm going to tell you more about that in the comments soon. And I just wanted to get that done there so that was really great so everyone please click like to show your appreciation for what dr taylor shared with us today and dr taylor can you please tell us about what you do and how we can find you on social media yeah i'm always available i'm on linkedin uh my this thing the the, the slide is around here i'm on facebook i'm on instagram uh my book which i'm going to give out but if people who are interested and want to spread the word, uh, what I have written and uh, done, you can actually also get uh, an audible copy. And that is not in somebody else's voice. It is my voice that is, uh, you know, shared uh, the uh, uh, audible with you. So the idea is that if you want an audible, if you want to just... Uh, uh, have a paperback or just online, you can do anything you want, but get these uh, copies. And that is only a, a dollar or something to download it on Amazon. But spread the word. That's my main thing. Spread the word. We need more people to understand whole food plant-based diet. And my copy will go over to somebody and someone uh, has a question, please, akiltahir.com is my this thing, akiltahir.com. And then you can put on a little thing, it comes to me and I may not be very punctual in answering because I have a lot of things on my plate, but I will answer you. So if you have a, a problem and you can't get on to your own doctor and you have a legitimate, important, uh, pressing question, please feel free to write to me. Oh, that is so kind of you to, to offer that because there's so many people that do have questions that are specific to uh, what they're experiencing. And sometimes mm -hmm. it takes a little bit more than just a 20 seconds to figure it out. And that's very very generous of you. Not at all. Not at all. And I know that you did you did share some take home messages. But for those who are maybe new to this lifestyle, or maybe they're doing the lifestyle, but maybe not as uh, one hundred toward one hundred percent as they could be, what would your message be to them? Uh, you know, important thing is the superb holidays that we all enjoy celebrating your, your Thanksgiving and your Christmas. But don't let your Thanksgiving, the food-wise, don't splurge till Christmas. And when Christmas comes, don't splurge till January and February, please. You're going to make a start somewhere. And I believe that if you make a start during the festive occasion, you will do well. 
you will have breaks in between. You will, uh, you may uh, fall off the wagon. You may say, oh my God, I cannot, I need to do this. It's okay. Everybody's roadmap is not the same. But keep on doing it. Try to eat better. There, uh, heart disease is a leading cause of death in the world. Diabetes is rampant in this country and in the country of origin, India. Can you imagine? I was just telling Amy before this, there are 100 million people now with diabetes in India. And the shocking thing is that in 2020, this three years back, there were 75 million. So 25 million in the last three years. Something has to give. And it's our diet. You can take all the medications you want. I know there are 10, 8, 12 medications on diabetes, but they have side effects. A whole food plant-based diet, there are no side effects. You can eat as much as you want. You do not have obesity. You lose weight. So go for it. Again, if you cannot do, my opinion is give up. This is mine. You can do something else. My opinion is try and give up dairy first. And if you can give up dairy, meaning not only milk, cheese and other things, which are yogurts, which are made out of dairy, milk. That Because it is the hardest thing to give up cheese because it has got casomorphine. And therefore, my patients will come back and say, I don't drink any milk. I say, what about cheese? Oh, no, 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 I cannot give up cheese. Try, try to do that. Take us baby steps. Even if you are halfway through, by the end of this year, you've done great. It took me a long time. I changed at the age of 61, but it was gradual change. So don't give up. There are always alternatives and parties and all that. Do what the Hollywood stars do. Eat half your meal at home and then go to a party and nibble over there. It's so encouraging, Dr. Taylor. Not at all, Amy. This is I, I love being on your show. There is so much more. I love having you here. So Green Warriors, tell us what you're going to remember. What's your takeaway? You know, one of my takeaways is just as your body needs to rest, so does your bacteria. I really like that. And just test voice, I wanted to thank you so much because you're, every time we have a broadcast, you're there doing the voiceovers and you're doing the promos and you're doing the thumbnails and the graphics. So many things go into what just test voice does. And she's so helpful to us getting the word out. Just test voice, who's coming up next? Sharon Ridley is in her early 60s. She takes no medicines and is a living testament to the power of plants. Sharm will show us how to prepare delicious plant-based Instant Pot Creole Potato Creations on Wednesday, November 15th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Be Green with Amy Live. And a special thanks to you, Green Warriors. I'm so grateful that you're here. And Dr. Tayer loves sharing information with you, as do I. And in thanks, I'm offering you five free recipes so all you have to do is just go on my website, begreenwithamy.com, 
and slash join and then I will send you five free recipes right to your inbox and you'll get some motivational inspirational pictures and quotes and things like that too so I know that this won't increase your your microbes but take your right hand and grab your left shoulder and take your left hand and grab your right shoulder now squeeze because that's a hug from me to you <laughs> and if you would like to join me and Dr. Tayer with my tagline, you can type it in the comments. Are you ready, Dr. Tayer? Yes, ma'am. All right. Until I see you again, Green Warriors, be strong, be well, and be green. green. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Tayer. Thank you, Green Warriors. Thanks. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green.